You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe podcast. Instant reaction, Colts, Texans. Well, Colts fans, at least it wasn't a loss. I guess that's that's one way to look at this one, George. George Bremer, Ryan Hickey with you here. A 2020 tie to the Texans to kick off the 2022 season. So while, yes, technically the losing streak does stop at eight consecutive week one losses, the winless streak now will go on for at least another season. George, I'll ask you this because it's a very weird game. 2020 tie. How do you view this game for the Colts? Is it more of a win because it wasn't a loss, or does it still kind of feel like a loss to you, even though technically in the standings won't be reflected as one? Yeah, I, I think it feels like a loss. We, we said coming in, it's a must-win game. You didn't win. So, I mean, you can get technical and it's a tie or however you want to look at it, but you know, it, it doesn't count as a loss. It could help them later in the year. It could hurt them later in the year. You never really know what a tie does when you're starting to do you know tiebreakers and things. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But I think it definitely feels more like a loss for this team than a win because of expectations coming in. Uh, it was a historic day here in, in Houston. First tie in the Texans franchise history. First time in 40 years for the Colts. So it's the first tie they've had as the Indianapolis Colts. Um, but I think, I, honestly, I think it was a fitting finish. This was a game no one deserved to win, and no one did. I'm with you. First, this is definitely a loss. Like this, like I know we're doing a post game pod, and technically, again, it's not a loss. But like you said, watching this game, I don't care that they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, and at least kind of in terms of you know recency bias, at least they played some decent football on both ends of the you know of the field in the fourth quarter and overtime. This for three quarters, that was I hate to say, George, that felt like the Jags game from Week 18 reincarnated, where sure some of the characters were different. But it's almost the same result. I talked to Quiddy Pay a little bit about that just moments ago. You know, that for three quarters, it felt like the the Jacksonville game. And I think they did take something away from it coming out in the fourth quarter and turning it around. At least that didn't happen, you know, in January. Uh, but it doesn't excuse the first three quarters. And I don't think anyone's trying to say that. I, I think everyone understands what's happened here. Uh, you know, they, they a lot of self-inflicted wounds. I mean, I think that's the most you talk about immediate takeaways. Uh, the first half was all about drives that, that they didn't finish, you know, drop touchdown passes, turnovers, uh, penalties, whatever it was, any way that you can possibly short circuit your own drive. They were doing that. Uh, and really for three quarters, the defense, the defense was not playing badly. They were playing kind of meh, but they hadn't made an impact play in three quarters. And I think for them, that's going to equal bad defensive play. I mean, it's something they really want to do. There were no sacks, no interceptions, no fumbles. Nothing like that until the fourth quarter. So I think that's something that they want to pick up on as well. You know, you, you can't have a start like that. Uh, Quiddy Pay said it's Houston has a little bit of a gimmicky offense and it took them some time to kind of catch on to some of the things that they were doing. And, and that's part of it. But, uh, you know, that that's part of the NFL. You have to you have to be ready from the opening kickoff. And the Colts absolutely were not today. And that's just, so, just hearing that, George, is so, it's like almost exasperating because you're right. We've talked at, at almost ad nauseum, really the last four weeks or so, about some of our concerns and some of the areas the Colts need to improve from last season. One of those areas specifically we talked about is pass rush. They brought in Yannick Ngakwe. Quiddy Pay is going into year number two. You have DeForest Buckner on the inside as well, who has some good pass rushing skills. And that was one of the areas we highlighted. This Colts team needs to start to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks in order to kind of get it going. And to your point, for three quarters, they weren't, you know, Davis Mills could have took a nap. 
he could have took a nap in the pocket. There was no one near him. I get sure maybe they're throwing, you know, some quick passes and there wasn't a lot of time to get there. But for the most part, for three, almost three and a half quarters, there was no pressure in his face. He had really, you know, was not rushed for the most part. And it's like, even when you just, you know, hear Quiddy Pay say, oh, it's a little gimmicky and stuff like that. Like, to your point, George, it's week number one. Like, like there's no excuses, especially against a Texans team. Come out, fire and ready to go. Just have your talent beat their talent straight up. And it's just another situation. We're sitting here where a Colts team is more talented, is better than their opponent. But here we are talking about disappointing results. And that's why it feels like a loss. I mean, when you go back to it, you know, you, you can't, you can't, rationalize away anything that happened until the fourth quarter. You know, I mean, there's nothing about that game up until that point where you feel like the Colts were doing what they needed to do. Uh, You can come back, you know, if you want to look for positives, you can come back and find some positives in the fact that Matt Ryan was able to lead this team back, that he was able to get them up off the mat, you know, but it's doesn't at the end of the day, it doesn't get you anywhere. And I think the most concerning thing is every flaw you were worried about coming in wide receiver depth, uh, the kicking game, all of it showed up out there again today the offensive line you know i think it was mostly self-inflicted wounds on offense but it was also three quarters of of offensive line play that looked an awful lot like it did last january in in jacksonville you know you've got to do a better job of opening holes for for jonathan taylor you've got to do a better job now they did eventually they did but again it's a 60 minute game you can't play 15 good minutes and and expect to win in the nfl there's so much bad i think we have to get into george so let's just you know not waste any more time um even though we we have gotten into a little bit here so you mentioned kicking before the kicking woes hot rod comes in wins a kicking job you know jake verity never really kind of gave him much of a run anyway in training camp and kicks two kickoffs the last two kickoffs of the game both out of bounds put the texans in prime time position to drive down the field luckily for the colts houston could not take advantage of either one and obviously you know misses the 42 yarder in overtime that would have won the game is this a situation where if you were Chris Bell, would you move on from Hot Rod after this? I would. I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I really think there ought to be a kicking competition on Monday uh, at the Indiana Farm Bureau Football Center. Uh, but, you know, I will say in, in, in Hot Rod's defense, not that it matters to anybody other than the media because we have the job to do. Uh, but he he was he was there. You know, he stood in his locker and he made no excuses. He said the operation was fine. Snap was right. The hold was right. He didn't follow through the way he should have. In fact, he said he had a lazy follow through and he didn't hit the ball correctly. You know, he didn't make contact the right way. So he said, plain and simple, he missed the kick, you know, and, and it, at least, you know, he's owning it. But again, I don't know where that leads to you at the end of the day. Uh, you know, it's great that, that he's a stand up guy and he's going to take accountability for it, but they don't have the three points and it's a tie and you, you have to live with that. A lazy follow through. That's, See, it's, like, it's almost like exasperation, George, because it's like we've hit on now the week one woes and they've come out flat and they've come out slow. And you would think it, it felt like, at least to me, that there's there was a lot more at least sense of urgency and there was an awareness of, hey, we started off slow for a while. So we are going to at least kind of push forward here. And is everything OK, George? Yeah, I, I think it was someone trying to make a call here. I don't know if anyone's going to answer it. So. Oh, I thought it was a siren well, to you know, sound the alarms for the Colts. Oh, there is. Hang on. <laughs> we, we have a an emergency. But never mind. The Colts. I, I are guess. I guess the emergency has already been uh, resolved. So holy we'll smokes! But it's to your point. Like I, I'm not putting this entire loss on the kicker. 
and missing that one kick because we mentioned there's so much the Colts have done wrong that put themselves in a position to even get overtime in the first place where it never should have gotten. But to your point, like you got to just finish the game and you have to be able to make the kick. And look, Michael Badgie's out there. This is a guy the Colts, you know, really well from last year. Worst case, I think you have to bring in a Monday, like you said, at least have a, a competition and worst case, make, you know, Hot Rod win his job over again. But this is another situation where we talked about the kicking woes and we've talked about special teams woes, even more from the punter perspective when Rodrigo, uh, excuse me, when um, um, Rigoberto, Rigoberto, all the frustration just blanking my brain. Thank you. Rigoberto goes down. But this is a, a serious concern here. And for the Colts, we talk about trying to win games in the margins. This is an area where you have to have a strength in that special team they did last year and so far this year. It's been the total opposite. Well, and I mean, we're talking about unforced errors. And that, to me, that's the theme of this game is just things the Colts did that that were completely avoidable that that put themselves behind the eight ball. Uh, You know, special teams wise, one of the biggest ones, we're going to talk about the missed field goal. Obviously, it's the end of the game. That always happens. It's going to stick out. Towards the middle of the third quarter, they've got the Texans pinned at the one, probably the best play of the day at that point, Grant Stewart downing the ball. You force a three and out. And you run into the kicker and it's on the five yard penalty, but they only need five yards for the first down and the drive continues. And then you pick up three extra first downs on the way down the field. You run out the third quarter clock. I mean, imagine if they had six more minutes in this game as, as the way things turned out, how things might have been different. Um, you know, that's a that's another huge moment. And and the two kickoffs uh, that that go out of bounds that give the Texans the ball at the 40 yard line, you know, hats off to Quiddy Pay for completely short circuiting one of those drives. Uh, and the defense in general for for standing up and, and making the stop, it would have been really easy for them to hang their heads at that point and let the Texans get enough yards to kick a game-winning field goal of their own. Uh, but you can't – you're not going to survive in this league against anyone making mistakes like that. And I think the Colts realized that. I mean, there was a lot – that was Matt Ryan's main point today was you can't do the things that they did today and expect to win a game. There was a lot of good out there. I mean, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman – had tremendous games. They're exactly who we thought they were going to be this year. Uh, Ryan had an up and down game, but he kind of delivered there late when he had to. Um, and that's what you want to see. If your quarterback does have some struggles, he's going to be able to rebound. But they didn't get a lot of help on offense. Nobody else really stepped up and had a big day. And the 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 errors in all three phases were simply too, too much to overcome. And think about it too, all the errors uh, and, and all the miscues and all the, the self-inflicted wounds the Colts had – I mean, they walked out of there with the tie. Like Matt Ryan said, you just mentioned before, they're losing probably 95% of those games. So it also highlights just how bad the Texans are where all those things went their way and still the best they could do was tie the game. Like I said, with the difficult schedule the Colts have, they better clean it up and better clean it up fast because this is the schedule is going to get tougher very quickly and it could get ugly very quick. Again, when you're playing in division, we've highlighted the, the good that should be playing five games out of the first seven in division. They continue to play like this. Again, we are talking about now another season where they're trying to dig themselves out of an early hole and only have themselves to blame for sure. Speaking of Matt Ryan, let's get to his debut for the Colts. Like I said, it was up and down. You know, the stats at the end of the day make it look like a better day than it actually was. 32 of 50, 352 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked twice, but a big number here that was really unexpected, to say the least. Four fumbles. One of them was lost. He just had trouble with the snap. It was in the shotgun. It was under center. Those were a few drive killers as well. 
I, I was not impressed at all, and I was actually very disappointed in that, Ryan. Um, again, I know the fourth quarter played a lot better, but overall, I thought the Colts' uh, new quarterback was going to be a lot more consistent uh, than he actually was, and that's the biggest disappointment, I think. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He he's, he said all, both of the, the fumbled snaps under center were on him. Of course, that's what he's going to say. You know, I mean, we'll see what happens when it comes out on tape, and, and I'm sure Ryan Kelly will say the same thing when it comes his turn to, to answer for that as well. Uh, but, yeah, you, you – Again, these are unforced errors. I mean, it, it all comes back to unfor- unforced errors. In Ryan's case, uh, just not having a grip on the ball at times today, you know, dropping the ball, putting it on the ground, you, you can't do it. I mean, that's obvious. It sounds completely obvious. But, uh, again, some of those drives that got short-circuited, that's what did it, you know, early on. A couple of them, one of them, they lost the ball completely. Uh, and I think it added points to the Texans' lead. You know, things like that, You, you it's – a broken record, but you can't do those things in the National Football League. The upshot, I think, for the Colts is that every other year that this has happened, they've come back and they've looked better as the year's gone on. Uh, and I think it'll probably, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I, I say it'll probably play out the same way this year, but who knows? I mean, nothing today played out as expected. And it was, I mean, you go around the league. It was the wonky week one that, that you expect, uh, at least in these one o'clock games. I think almost every game at one o'clock, it felt like had a comeback by one team or another. Uh, several teams blew leads. You know, it, those things happen in week one. Uh, but I think the Colts in particular with their week one history, it's maybe more excusable for another team. And it's maybe more excusable if you get out of here with a win. If you somehow find a way to win the game, at least you can hang your hat on that. We talked about it all through training camp. They had to be 2-0. and They will not be 2-0. and they would not be 2-0, and again, you know, a large part of it is is the quarterback play. When you bring in Matt Ryan, when you have him replacing Carson Wentz, it is to bring that consistency back to the lineup. It's to what we've talked about all offseason, right? Matt Ryan is brought in to make the layups, make the easy throws. And not that he was inaccurate in some of those senses, but again, it was it was rushed. It was panicked. Some of the decisions he made, a few tight window throws that were little, you know, bad decisions. The one interception he threw was... Sure, you could say just a great play by the defense, but again, you're throwing a little screen pass and it's deflected and intercepted. You, you got to find a way to get it past the defender and not have you know put yourself in a situation where the defender can make an athletic play like that to, to change the momentum. And it's just like, yeah, for three quarters, it was a lot of shakiness, and you also saw too uh, a lot of uh, distrust in anyone really not named Michael Pittman Jr. or you know the few times you found Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, Jonathan Taylor. It was it was those two guys and no one else. And I think that's a frustrating thing. I mean, that's one of the things, like I talked about, every flaw that, that this roster had was highlighted. You know, you worry about how's the offensive line going to look together. We talked all the offseason. You don't know, you know, because they hadn't really played together. Well, they came out, they struggled. You know, they struggled early in the run game. They got it going probably a little bit earlier than they got the passing game going. But they struggled early in the run game. And that, the one of the biggest, you know, to me, one of the biggest stretches of the game, there are a lot of things we've been talking about unfor, unforced errors, you know, one of the biggest stretches of the game was right there at the start. I mean, it, when it was three to nothing in, in the first quarter, the Colts had something like 122 yards and the Texans had 13 yards. And even Frank Reich said it in, in the postgame press conference, you get, you put up the numbers they put up yardage wise that don't count that, that really, it doesn't matter. But if you normally, if you have a 160 yard rusher, 120 yard receiver and a 350 yard passer, you're going to think that team scored 40 points and they didn't. And it goes back to what was the theme of the year that we've been talking about finish. Closers, find those yep. guys. They didn't have those guys until the fourth quarter today. And by that point, when you dig yourself in a 17-point hole, it's, it's tough to overcome. To their credit, they put themselves in a position to win the game. But again, uh, another situation where the Colts, like you said, 
fail to close the game and get the job done. 